and welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast. Thank you for joining me, Andrea Fox, on this, our sustainable journey together, because this is an environmental podcast, which I hope is helping you learn how to make more sustainable choices. If you've already subscribed, thank you so much. If you've left a little review on Apple Podcasts, well, that's just swell. Can I ask another favour, though? Could you tell a friend about this podcast? I honestly think word of mouth is one of the best ways for things to grow. Um, And also, if you've done that, why not get in touch with a guest suggestion or maybe an eco life pack, something that you've done in your life that I've not mentioned yet that you think would be a great one to share. You can contact me on my website, iamandreafox.co.uk or head to the Instagram for this account, Age of Plastic Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Andrea underscore Fox. We've got an eco life hack on the way at the end of this episode, as always. But first, on to today's guest. Now, how do you pick your veg? Maybe you go for the shiniest apples, the biggest potatoes, or absolutely no brown spots on your bananas. Seriously though, most supermarket veg is very much uniform and covered in single-use plastic, so we've kind of no choice to buy that hilarious courgette that looks like genitalia, because supermarkets have decided that we get pre-packaged three Stepford Wives identical mini courgettes in a bag, and there's no loose veg. Terrifyingly, even before food leaves the farm for our shops, there is a massive amount of food that's wasted. A third, in fact, worth 17 billion quid. So why on earth is this? Well, we'll find out from today's guest. Oddbox is London's first and only fruit and veg box that fights food waste by rescuing fresh and delicious surplus and wonky produce straight from the farm. The other week, I pitched up at co-founder of Oddbox, Emily Vomperprang's home, to hear all about Oddbox's food waste revolution. But first, I had to ask about that amazing surname. So that's from uh, northern France. So uh, there's actually a small city called uh, Poprang in uh, Belgium just on the border of France and Belgium. And Van means from. Oh, I see. Yes. From the town of. Wow. Yes. So that's why there's lots of, uh, uh, kind of uh, Flemish, uh, Dutch names, French name, which start with Van. That's amazing. I'm sure you've had to say that story quite a few times, haven't you? (laughs) Bless you. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me on the Age of Plastic podcast. We're talking food delivery boxes and Oddbox, which you co-founded with your husband Deepak. So tell us what's different about an Oddbox food delivery box. So I think the main difference is that uh, we only use produce which might end up going to waste. So uh, initially, uh, people know about the wonky produce, but uh, there's a lot more to than uh, wonky. So there's a lot of, uh, uh, obviously, uh, retailers have spe- set specific standards in terms of how produce needs to uh, look uh, in terms of size, shape, color. But there's, uh, there's also a huge element of uh, uh, disconnect between uh, demand and supply. And because it's fresh produce, because it's perishable, because it needs to be consumed immediately and because we all want to have everything available all the time, Mm. then there's a constant overproduction in the system. I suppose that's because we've become quite disconnected from seasonal eating as well, would you say? Um, So how did this idea come about? Because you're not farmers, (laughs) you and your husband. (laughs) Yes. So uh, my family has a background in farming. So my, uh, yes, my grandparents were both potato farmers uh, on both sides. I have Irish heritage. We love a potato, the Irish. So we have that kindred uh, (laughs) between our families. (laughs) And um, so I grew up in the countryside with, uh, uh, in uh, 
house with a big garden. My dad had a big veg plot. So we used to eat a lot of produce in season. Um, I then uh, studied in Paris and then moved to India to work. And that's where I met Divac. And uh, there in India, again, you eat a lot more in season. And I love the fact that um, you get these tiny bananas, which taste amazing. Uh, there's the mango season, which is only uh, two months, um, April and May, and you kind of really make the most of it. And then when uh, we came to the UK, it was amazing to find everything available all the time. But then uh, we soon realized that uh, it didn't necessarily taste great when it was out of season. So strawberries in December uh, are not really tasty. And so that's when kind of, uh, we started doing a, a bit of research. But uh, um, the kind of um, light bulb moment happened when uh, we were on holidays in Portugal and there in the street market you get amazing produce and we were seeing all these amazing tomatoes buying all these amazing kind of really ugly tomatoes but which tasted uh, delicious and so we thought why is it that uh, in the UK we can't get uh, such good produce and why is it that everything looks exactly the same? And that's when we kind of started doing a bit of uh, research because obviously neither of us have uh, any connection to the fresh produce sector or have never worked in the fresh produce sector. Um, but we were all both really interested in food. And uh, so I contacted a few growers and uh, um, I was uh, really amazed by the fact that uh, quite easily I got invited to visit uh, some uh, fruit and veg pack houses, uh, visit orchards and uh, got a good knowledge or good, a better understanding of what was happening. And uh, mm -hmm. I went to visit uh, a big pack house of one of the uh, biggest organic produce company in the UK. Um, up uh, close to uh, Peterborough. Okay. And there as well, even though it was organic, uh, there was still 30% uh, of the carrots uh, which uh, didn't make the cut. And just because they were too big, too small, they had small cuts, uh, they had small blemishes, uh, and they would end up in the skip uh, and then be sent for animal feed. Wow. That's it's such a shame. Yes. Such yeah. a shame. And how big is our food waste problem? Because you must know so many stats. So what are the ones that you think really grab people when you tell them about it's, our food waste problem? Yeah, it's massive. It's uh, Globally, it's 30% of all food produce which is wasted. And That's amazing. It's the same uh, in developing and developed countries. So you would think there's probably more in developing countries, but... Uh, uh, it's around the same, but for different reasons. So developing developing countries have issues of uh, kind of shelf life and storage mm -hmm. because of the weather. Uh, in developed countries, there's a lot more, wa more waste which happens in our homes, so which is consumer-driven waste and a lot less um, in the in the supply chain. So mm -hmm. there's a lot at farms level. Mm -hmm. There's a lot at home, and 50% of all waste happens in our homes. Uh, there's very minimal waste uh, generated by the supermarket. Um, oh, really? Yes, it's less than 2% of all waste which is generated in store. Wow, okay. Because the retailers are uh, uh, 
pretty good at kind of uh, donating any waste that uh, they have or kind of uh, selling um, at discounted prices any stocks that they have left. Yeah, well, they call it, my friend said the other day, yellow label, which I yes. think might be Asda. <laughs> so what do you think is behind um, the food waste? You touched on a few things there. Do you think we've become disconnected from seasonality? Do you think it's supermarkets saying, no, carrots must all look like this? What's what's behind this waste? I think it's a combination. And it initially started um, over uh, 30 years ago when the EU introduced the regulation to improve the quality of food. Um, this regulation got lifted um, in um, 2008, so over 10 years ago, but retailers kept uh, the same specifications. Oh, really? Uh, yes. I guess it's just easier because they tend to package things up for us as yes. well in plastic, which is another issue, and you've got to have the same size to put it all in that same plastic bag, right? Yes, it is. And for example, for cucumbers, they're all uh, cling-wrapped, and the uh, machines only take straight cucumbers. Oh, and that's yeah. why all the cucumbers in store are straight, when in fact, for us, uh, we might get uh, uh, curly cucumbers. Yes, you've you've got one of your producers I've seen on one of the videos who uh, was talking about his curly cucumbers yes. that he sells to you guys. So let's talk about that. Are you connected directly with farmers yourselves and then consumers, or is it wholesale? How does the odd box model work? So initially, when we started, we uh, we were working with producers who were also wholesalers, but now we only go direct. So okay. we work with over 70 different uh, suppliers. Wow. So some of them grow their own produce. In fact, uh, a big proportion of uh, our veg suppliers grow their own produce because there's a lot of veg produced in the UK. In terms of fruit... Uh, yeah, fruit, I imagine, needs sunnier climates, right? Yes. <laughs> so there's only uh, a small kind of... Uh, variety of fruits that we produce in the UK. So apples, pears, plums and berries, mostly mm. and some rhubarb. So we're self-sufficient only for 11% of the fruit. So we work with suppliers who have either uh, kind of fruit farms in other countries or work with uh, a network of growers in sunnier countries and will import this produce, which then end up being wasted. So we work with a big banana um, supplier. Yes, of course. All the bananas. No, no banana factories no. Uh, no, or farms even in, yes. uh, in the UK. So they all come from South America and then end up being wasted here. Um, I think it was uh, your colleague from Oddbox who said that bananas are and potatoes and apples are the things that get wasted the most, but I think they're the easiest things to freeze and use. I find that really bizarre. But they're also the things which are the most consumed. So that's um, why, so what's most consumed ends up being the most wasted. I see, yeah. And they are low value uh, produce. And when something has limited value, then it gets wasted more. But for example, but then it's a huge amount of resources which go into growing all of the produce. Yeah. And uh, just in terms of stats, um, one banana, how many liters of water do you think it takes to grow one oh, banana no. uh, <laughs> one one liter no it's uh, 80 liters 80 liters yes. for one banana yes and then you can pick them up in the supermarket singularly for 17p and I, yes. I think of that sometimes like that's a really cheap flight from yes. south america 17p yeah. wow we're just because we've become so disconnected to it all haven't we yeah. and you mentioned your suppliers um you've got 17 now i think you just yeah. said you started off with how many we started with two 
<laughs> I mean, you were doing everything at the start, weren't you? Yes. So at the, so we started, so because we live in Balam, we started initially in Balam. Mm -hmm. So we were parking in the local church uh, <laughs> where we could get the space for free in exchange from for a, a box of fruit and veg. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice <Yeah>. deal. <laughs> and uh, um, initially we had only kind of less than 20 customers. Um, we had done a bit of flyering, got uh, all our friends to sign up to Hotbox and that's kind of how we started and then um, we were delivering uh, everything ourselves as well so um, packing and delivering on Saturday morning. Wow and now it's grown to how many yes. suppliers? So now it's grown to 70 suppliers and uh, now we cover um, 70 to 80 percent of London. Wow. And we uh, deliver to uh, 12,000 customers. That's amazing. And um, I, I, I just think it's, it, if you can make it work in London, I think that's probably, you can probably make it work anywhere in the UK. Is that your idea? Is that the plan for the future? Yes, yeah, so that's a plan. So uh, obviously, London is a big market. Um, and people are, are very aware of the issue of food and plastic waste. Um, they like the convenience of being able to get an odd box and the fact as well that uh, we're not uh, much more expensive than shopping at the supermarket. So it's kind of uh, not really a compromise or it's a no-brainer to yeah. um, buy an odd box. Yeah. And, uh, but yes, there's a lot of other cities um, where people are, uh, there's a lot more eco-consciousness, especially from uh, uh, younger people driving uh, changes in, uh, uh, even the retailers have to change. There's, they are now adopting a lot less plastic because consumers are asking for these kind of changes. Yeah, definitely. Um, going back to some of the stats about food waste as the helicopter goes past us here in Bellum, um, I've, I've heard a brilliant fact from uh, an Oddbox employee about courgettes. Can you tell us about that story? Yes. So last year, it was a really hot summer. And uh, courgettes don't need much water, but they need a lot of sun. And so um, they were growing like crazy. And uh, <laughs> our supplier didn't have time to sell them. Um, the, there was the supermarkets were like, these are too big, we don't want them. Yes, so oh. either they were too big or they were, there was just too much. And so they, uh, they were able to sell only 20% of uh, all the courgettes that they were growing. So that's we helped crazy them kind waste, of, isn't it? 80% waste. Yes. Oh, that's well. Thank God you were there to yeah. step in. Are you finding that a lot of your suppliers are putting you in touch with other suppliers? Is yes. The, yeah. Yes, we are. And obviously for them, um, they grow principally for the supermarkets. Yeah. It's their main kind of consumer. We're still quite small in in terms of what we take, so we only make a small dent. But then um, we're an easy option mm. uh, because nobody wants to uh, have waste they don't want to grow more than what is needed yeah no one wants to spend time and money creating all of this food yes. to only yeah. have it wasted yeah. i think that and i totally understand the supermarkets must still be an absolutely massive market for these suppliers yeah. mm. so what choice do they have um one of the other questions I wanted to ask was what happens to the odd box waste if you're not able to get it out to customers before it's possibly gone past its best? Because you've got a few charity initiatives, haven't yep. you? 
But uh, uh, so we receive, uh, uh, we collect produce from our suppliers uh, several times a week. So all the produce that we have is always very fresh uh, that are coming directly from the supplier. We pack our boxes uh, six days a week and deliver mm -hmm. on the same day. Um, and uh, because there's always some changes in orders and uh, uh, because we always over order a bit uh, and because from the start we wanted to make sure that uh, we were helping fight f food poverty because as much as uh, um, there's 30% of uh, the food produce which gets wasted, there's a huge amount of people who can't afford uh, to uh, eat. Uh, yeah, which uh, is crazy, that waste basis. and that, that many people that can't yeah. afford yeah. to eat. And, and in the UK, it's becoming worse. Mm -hmm. uh, food banks have never been uh, busier. And especially uh, during the holiday periods, that's when kids suffer a lot because sometimes uh, the only meal that they can get is at school. Yeah, free school meals not yeah. available during the holidays. Yeah. It's so sad. Like Austerity has so much to answer for. Yeah. And the fact that people in a country like ours are using food banks is so sad. Yeah. And so for us, it was important that uh, also because we tackle food waste, mm -hmm. we didn't want to waste anything ourselves. Mm. So we've got uh, um, two charities we work with, City Harvest and the Felix Foundation who come uh, several times a week and collect any surplus that we have. Oh, brilliant. And then they redistribute that to uh, all different kinds of, uh, of food banks. Amazing, amazing. Um, and I've actually had an odd box and we absolutely loved it. We just live in a building where we were having an argument with the people who run the building about getting the delivery in, but I'm, don't worry, I'm going <laughs> back to them. Um, but I, one of the things I loved about an odd box is you didn't just get the food in less packaging that's wonky, that would have gone to waste, that supermarkets wouldn't accept. You also got recipe ideas, which are yeah. on the website as well, and you get a little newsletter with storage information and all this kind of stuff. So did you have that from the very beginning with Oddbox? Not from the very beginning, but from quite early on. And uh, um, that's always been written by uh, Gavin, our operations manager. Um, <laughs> because he's an amazing writer and also because he uh, knows a lot about the produce. So for us, uh, that letter is about kind of, uh, um, transmitting the information that we have um, to our consumers and helping them because as much as uh, people want to make a change, if they don't understand what's happening uh, in the industry and why it's important for them to make that change, um, mm. then it's difficult to maintain um, yeah. the uh, habit of kind of getting the odd box. So mm. uh, uh, it's the kind of the stories that I, I told about the courgettes would have been in one of the letters. <laughs> um, so there's always some information that uh, we provide so that people understand a bit more what's happening in the sector and for each of the produce which is in the box we give them the reason on why it's in the box and also what they can do with it because we know uh, that uh, uh, it's not always easy uh, when you re receive fennel and you've never used fennel yeah. to uh, to use that so we want to make sure that we also don't create any waste in people's homes yeah i think that's lovely and again if you're going to be getting seasonal supplies to consumers yeah. we become a bit disconnected i think one of your customers and one of your videos said you get into the habit of buying the same thing at the supermarket yeah. but that's not with a 
veg and fruit box because you're not sure what you're going to have. Although, top tip, we make fennel pesto in our house. So, oh, with the tips. So, that's there you go, uh, listeners. Um, that's my my tip. Maybe that'll end up on an odd box uh, yep. newsletter, maybe. But I definitely, when we were getting the boxes, I was looking online at the recipes and things like that as well. Um, it's also not just for homes, is it? Because you have quite a few clients who are offices. Yes. So, we also do fruit boxes for offices. So, we've got now uh, close to 300 offices uh, who gets uh, odd box and uh, quite a mix of uh, different clients. Yeah, I heard that someone um, in an office, so lovely to have fresh fruit yeah. that everyone can have. Maybe no one's going to chomp into a beetroot in the office, but people were saving them, keeping them in the freezer and making beetroot chutney and bring it back okay. into work, which I thought was a lovely, yep. lovely mm-hmm. touch. Yep. And um, I think the freezer is definitely something we need to be using more when it comes to eliminating food waste, yes. isn't it? Yeah, that's the easiest way of uh, kind of uh, um, putting things which might end up uh, going to waste or that, uh, you know, if uh, we're all busy, we all like mm. to go out and eat out. Um, so it's always a challenge of having uh, bought fruit and veg and, and uh, uh, this sitting on the counter or in the fridge. Yeah, exactly. The meal plan sometimes yeah. doesn't go go to plan does it for the week um so what are the next steps for oddbox so next steps so uh, obviously expanding nationwide uh, is one of our big steps we also want to uh, help people uh, kind of be a lot more aware of their impact and uh, so um uh, one of the things that we want to do is uh, that we're doing right now is uh, we've just put uh, an estimate of uh, how much resources are saved uh, by buying an average hot box. But we want to be able to kind of personalize that uh, for uh, each person so that wow. they know week on week uh, how much they've been able to save. And also um, we're working on we're going to work on uh, some technology to um maybe an app or maybe something else uh, to be able to provide more personalized recipes if uh, we know that uh, somebody always struggles with potatoes <laughs> we can send more potato recipes we can share videos uh, from the growers so that's kind of uh, a lot of ideas that we have also kind of looking at uh, whether we could increase our range uh, right now uh, people can top up their box with uh, different produce that uh, we can rescue only for a specific week mm. uh, like herbs for example I suppose they've got quite a short shelf life yes. as well even more like potatoes that would I imagine stick yeah. around for a yeah. while not so much fresh mint and yes, parsley etc well we always ask our guests on the age of plastic podcast two important questions yep. uh, the first one is about plastic because it is a good material we're just using it in the wrong way so Emily what's your uh, favorite non-single use plastic item in your life so I've got uh, um bag that I bought um, from Oliver Bonas. I don't know if it's plastic or if it's nylon or if it's a mix of both. Um, yeah, the bags don't tend to come with a little triangle with the number in, do they? Yes. So you're never quite sure. <laughs> and uh, um, it's something that I'm able to keep in my handbag, uh, which don't take much space and that I've realized I'm using for everything. Um, so... Uh, because uh, like you, I thought uh, I would carry uh, a tote bag, but tote mm. bags 
take a lot more space. Yeah, and some of them are not very good for the environment, no, are they? No, cotton like... is not necessarily uh, very good for the environment. And in fact, uh, um, if it's not used, I think, uh, at least 100 times, it might be worse than plastic in terms of uh, uh, carbon impact. Wow, so, I didn't though, know that. Though it's biodegradable, so um, technically. technically it's uh, probably better, but if you look only at the carbon impact, mm. um, it's uh, um, probably worse than plastic. And I recently read uh, a book called uh, how bad are bananas? Which Ooh, uh, I haven't heard of that. Yes, I'll um, uh, I can share it with you. Yeah. But it gives uh, carbon impact for a lot of different things, uh, including uh, tote bags, including different plastic products, including flights. So it's wow. uh, uh, for uh, yes, it's a good good book uh, if you're really interested in tracking your uh, carbon impact. That's amazing. I've got to take a flight soon unfortunately and I'm looking into which website I can carbon offset my flight with and it's it's a nightmare but yeah I definitely don't need any more canvas bags in my life thank you very much no more events with free canvas bags Um, and finally uh, your environmental hero so I think the person who kind of uh, also inspired Oddbox is uh, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall with the uh, war on waste Mm -hmm. and he was kind of really the pioneer um, in exposing the issue of food waste yeah it's nice to see someone with the knowledge of food and that kind of platform shining a light on it isn't it yeah amazing thank you so much for chatting to me today on the age of plastic podcast and good luck to you and deepak with the brilliant idea that is our box thanks a lot andrea we absolutely loved our box when we got them before they really are great recipe ideas storage info and i think i first learned about toast ale from the odd box newsletter if you'd like to try out our box, you can get 50% off your very first box with this code, Age of Plastic. Head to oddbox.co.uk, see if you're in their area, and you can get 50% off your very first delivery. Age of Plastic is the code you need to put in. If you're not in the Oddbox catchment area currently, then sign up to their newsletter and let them know that you would absolutely love an Oddbox in your area. Right, on to today's eco life hack. As you heard there, I did have to make a flight recently. I was really hoping that I would get away with no flights this year. Um, I do figure, though, if I can afford to fly, I can probably afford to offset the carbon. I know it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing, right? I've decided to go with myclimate.org. Whether you have to use your car every day or you have to make a flight, you can compensate for your emissions and invest in things like farmers in Nicaragua planting more trees. So head online to myclimate.org if you want to check out that eco life hack and of course get in touch with yours. Next time on the Age of Plastic podcast, I'll be chatting to the team behind the biodegradable coffee capsule that's so good it's giving Mr George Clooney nightmares. That's according to GQ magazine. Hear from the team at Halo Coffee next time on the Age of Plastic podcast. Oh, talking of which, I think it's time for a flat white. 